This week on the Rise Together podcast, we are diving back into the world of Enneagram. I have a special guest this week, Christina Wilcox, an author who has taken her having been a deeply immersed person in the world of Enneagram, turned it into a book, has had it turn into something of a social media phenomenon on her Instagram. And we're going to talk about why it is that people love this darn thing. I love this darn thing. I mean, I think more than anything, it's that people love to be and feel understood by others. It's part of human nature to crave the beautiful things that express the essence of who we are. And Enneagram has definitely helped that be a thing that can come into the world for Christina. And it certainly helped me figure out what it is about myself that I want to bring forward to the world as well. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Rise Together podcast, Christina Wilcox and a conversation about Enneagram. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise, together. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christina to the show. I am so excited that she's here. Christina, as much as I have just given everyone who is listening an overview of your life and all of your accomplishments, <laughs> will you do us a favor, please, of telling the listeners a little about yourself in your own words? What would you want these listeners to know about you? Well, my name is Christina Wilcox. I am about to be 23 years old. I live in Denver with my husband, and I just released a book about the Enneagram, but it's not a typical Enneagram book. It has a lot of illustrations, it's very practical, and it has a lot of my own like heartfelt stories about each number. I kind of got to the point where I'm releasing this book because my Instagram exploded randomly in uh, 2019 when I started posting Enneagram graphics. I did it just for fun and Within eight weeks, my account went from 800 followers to 30,000. And from there, the Lord just opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And that's been super surreal and crazy. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm still I love it. super new to this whole world, but it's super, super exciting. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm happy that you're here. So I did not myself become aware of the word Enneagram until like three years ago, which Mm -hmm. was like 20 years after you are in age currently. (laughs) So what what is it about Enneagram? How did you come to find it? How long have you even known how to say it? And uh, what was it that made it appealing as a thing that you might spend some time inside of professionally, not just in creating graphics, but also in this new book of which you speak, it's called Take Care of Your Type. I'm excited to... Uh, have other human beings read it. But what what was it about Enneagram that got you excited and when did that even start? So I was introduced to the Enneagram through a friend that I led worship with about probably four or five years ago now. And at the time I was super into the Myers-Briggs and other personality tests. And he was like, hey, I, I also just discovered this test and it's been really helpful for me. You should just kind of check it out. And I 
just immediately was drawn to how the test and just the system as a whole wasn't about my behavior or the behavior of others. It was about the motivations as to why we do those behaviors and understanding that for ourselves and being able to help someone else understand that about yourself and vice versa. It just was really cool. And so whenever I started to see my friends and family connect with their type and I kind of became that really cliche annoying friend that would just be like, hey, have you taken this test? You should take this test. I want to know your type. And I would just make strangers take it. I was so excited about it and thought it was so cool that I could connect with people in a really deep way that I hadn't been able to beforehand. And so, yeah, I never saw myself necessarily pursuing it professionally. I honestly didn't even know that was possible. Even when I started posting graphics, Sarah Jane Case had just gone viral with like her Enneagram and coffee account. And I was like, oh my gosh, people post about the Enneagram online. I didn't know that was a thing. And so I was kind of in a season of life where I needed a creative outlet. I had a lot going on and was going through a lot. And so I just started doing it for friends and I kind of fell into it. It wasn't even something that, I mean, now I guess I'm pursuing it with more intention, but at the beginning it really was just because I thought the Enneagram was super important for yourself and relationships. And I wanted to share that with other people. So I am a skeptic. I, I was very <laughs> skeptical of, of, Enneagram of almost anything, frankly, inside of uh, most of personal development, uh, this space that I now find myself super immersed. And the idea of taking a test that was going to give me some insight was something that I felt weird about. I thought there was a little taboo almost even wrapped up in it. The symbol itself, to be honest, is a little weird looking. It doesn't it help you know, any of the uh, religious wiring that existed inside my body to see something that looked a little non-religious as a thing. And yet there's, I think, a lot of practical application, whether you are a person of faith or not. But if someone who's listening is in the skeptic you know, in the skeptics world is themselves maybe unfamiliar with what the heck it is. Can you give a layman's approach to what it is and how, if you haven't ever heard of it before, you can use it to create more value in the relationships that you might have both with yourself and with other people? Yeah, for sure. Basically, the Enneagram, I am not a crazy educated expert on like the roots and all the origins. So my very easy explanation of it that I basically talk about in the book as well is just the Enneagram is the oldest personality system that we know of that exists. It's known to have monastic roots, but it actually was never supposed to be this taboo test and where, oh my gosh, these clouds each represent an Enneagram number and this is what cloud you're most like, like kind of how we see it now emerging on the internet. It was actually supposed to be done with a spiritual director or mentor your people wouldn't, were, weren't even supposed to know your Enneagram number. It was supposed to be a very sacred practice because it is a very deep thing to experience. Basically, each Enneagram number has a core fear and a core desire that are very revealing to your true intentions, your true struggles. And you can go through different levels of health within your Enneagram type. And it really gives a framework and kind of a map to see yourself in a really honest way. 
And that's what I loved about it too, is whenever I discovered my own type, it wasn't really a fun thing, you know, as we kind of see it on the internet. Like I said, it was really painful and kind of hurtful <laughs> to read some of the stuff about myself. And it made me, you know, take an honest look in the mirror. And so that's what I would say about, I guess for the skeptic, is it really isn't about making yourself feel good and kind of like cheering on, these are my behaviors and I'm happy with myself. It's really supposed to give a direction to grow and a direction to be like, okay, yeah, I do struggle with these things and that causes these behaviors that really aren't great. And yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's kind yeah, of- Yeah, no, I mean, it's now it's interesting because as I dove into it myself, one, just like actually reminding myself of who I am and where my strengths exist when I'm in a position where I am feeling strong or leaning you know, into the things that bring out my best. These are the kind of things that can be expected, but maybe more importantly, what you're pointing out, if I find myself in a weak spot, if I find mm. myself challenged or insecure or one of the many, many things that are more negative than positive, uh, here are the ways that those things can catalyze and metastasize inside of my being. And so knowing that and maybe preempting some of those things from happening because of understanding my wiring had, has become a super, super important thing. So I assume you know your number. Obviously, you know your number. Do you, because of knowing your number, as you engage in relationships, share your number right away so that you can, in knowing uh, who you are, relate well to the people that you are in community with? For sure. I don't... I used to do that. I used to be very quick to share my number, but I actually ended up mistyping even throughout this whole process of me growing this account on Instagram and writing a book, going really deep into the Enneagram for myself and writing about it made me even discover further of what my actual motivations and fears were as a person. And so now I try to keep it more private just because whenever I did come to discover my actual type. It was, again, it was a really powerful experience for me. And so I would say when I first discovered it, I would just shout my type from the rooftops, every single person I met, like, by the way, I'm this type and da 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 da, not even in a negative or positive way. It was just because I thought it was fun. But now I would say I take it much more seriously. Yeah, I made that mistake. It's interesting. <laughs> I, Rachel and I did these tests uh, for the first time probably two and a half years ago. And two and a half years ago, there was just massive upheaval in my life in that I was transitioning out of a corporate job to move the family to Austin where we were going to do some entrepreneurial things together. And in that state of what I can now identify as crisis or stress, mm. Sometimes when you take the test inside of that state, you can actually test as something different. I, as a person who I will tell you, I'm a three, but in a state of crisis, a three test is a nine. So I test, I get back that I'm a nine. And if you are not familiar with the Enneagram, a three is someone who is, uh, I would classify as an achiever, mm -hmm. but a nine is someone that I would classify as a peacekeeper. And I was very much in the uncertainty of what was happening and in the transition from an identity that I knew to one that I was trying to figure out. I absolutely was in that season showing up for my life as a peacekeeper, trying to keep things as peaceful as possible in the midst of chaos. And what was interesting is in having read that results, it actually bizarrely had me 
believing in that diagnosis in a way that was biasing a little bit of my own behavior because I was convinced now that I was a certain way for having tested in a certain way. So one, I think it's like really, really uh, an interesting insight that, hey, be careful that you don't shout about it until <laughs> you've actually done enough work to understand what your number actually yes, is. Definitely. I wrote about it in a book that I cannot <laughs> change, that I am a nine, and uh, even described how nines and threes, which Rachel is, uh, pair inside of the book. But then separately, I'm not a nine. I'm actually a three. I just happened to test at a certain time in my life when uh, the test revealed that that's what I was at that point in time, which is interesting, if nothing else. Do you, do you think that, generally speaking, Enneagram is something that is more static than the seasonal kind of thing that I've just described? Because I always thought of it being like the core of who we are. And that core, to me, is something that would have existed from the beginning of my life but I now have come to question almost if my growing into who I'm becoming may in fact change the way that I end up thinking of who I am and ultimately then score on a test like this over the course of time. I think that one, tests just in general as a side note are super unreliable and I try and tell people as much as possible, even on my account, whether you read my book or a different book, like definitely read a book about the Enneagram or do further research, discuss it with an Enneagram coach even if you want, if you want to go that far into it, because tests are just completely unreliable. Tests are also the reason I mistyped. And so I just think that what the Enneagram, what the roots of the Enneagram are and how it is supposed to be this deep process because it is, I, I do believe it is relatively static. I don't think that your type changes. I think in maybe severe cases, a traumatic experience could alter your core desires and fears. Like I do believe that with everything there, it, there is like a special case where it could change. But for the most part, I do believe that you are your type. Like you said, it does express the most core and desires and fears. And yeah, I think just in general, I do believe that the nature of the Enneagram is to help you find your nature versus nurture. Because even in the mistyping and even your experience that you had in whatever season, whether it's stress or not, I feel like the Enneagram helped me see that this type that I am is actually my natural way of being but I typed a different way because of what I was nurtured to believe about myself and the behaviors I was nurtured to like do. So I do think the Enneagram is static, but I do think because of how we're nurtured versus our nature, that can completely change our result in any season of life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. We, we became such advocates for it that we had every single person in the office <laughs> do their Enneagram and even had some people go so far as to post their Enneagram numbers on their computers so that as you're walking in this big bullpen, you have a sense right away of who this person is and how they're wired. And part of why we did it and part of what I love about Enneagram so much is that it is, of course, this fantastic tool to come to understand yourself better, but there's also some awesome 
learning that comes in appreciating the way that two types end up interacting and where there are like superpowers that can come from these two types come together, but also where there are, is the potential for a red flag or some pitfalls that you could step in. And again, it's like bringing to your awareness, oh, hey, this person is this type, I am this type, these are the strengths that we have, but we got to watch out for these things. Just by acknowledging that the watchouts exist, maybe help you preempt making the mistakes that you would in trying to create the best in that individual relationship. And so it's um, certainly not just a tool for people in romantic relationships. It could be just oh, yeah. as much for any relationship that you have in your life, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even whenever I introduced it to my parents, understanding my parents' type, understanding people I grew up with and their type, my different bosses I've had. I mean, in in the same way, it it really helped me honestly get rid of my stereotypes for people. Because I think even with any personality system, even the Enneagram, you can use, like say you can see everyone's number on their laptop, like you said, like there can be a chance for stereotyping someone based upon the number that's there but it actually made me do the opposite because this person where I interpreted their behavior in a certain way, knowing their number, knowing their motivation as to why they would approach a project this way, as to why they would approach a tough conversation in the way they did, it definitely made me increase my empathy for anyone, not just my husband or someone I was in a romantic relationship with. Like you said, with everybody, it just creates this sense of assuming less and loving more, knowing those watchouts and knowing why someone is motivated to do what they do. I would classify you, having seen your stuff and looked at your book, that you are a mental health advocate. Good work. Mental health is as important as any other dimension of health. I'm uh, a proud champion on behalf of mental health being so stinking important. But mm -hmm. tell me, uh, against the backdrop of being a mental health advocate, why and how you think that Enneagram falls into and is a good complement to anyone who wants to pursue good mental health. Yeah. So I can really only talk about this from my personal experience. The reason why I think that the Enneagram and mental health go hand in hand in many ways is I was diagnosed when I was 19 with a panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, agoraphobia, all the things, um, but I'd been suffering from those things since I was six years old. I'd just been gone undiagnosed for a long time and using a tool like the Enneagram helped me remember who I was apart from these other things, these other mental disorders that consumed my life of like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm an actual human being and I have actual desires and fears that have nothing to do with the anxiety or the panic that I may face on a given day. And so I think that the Enneagram can complement mental health in that way of just kind of reminding yourself of who you are. And obviously, like in a, because I'm a Christian in a Christian sense, I think that ultimately we have to go to Christ to understand who we are completely. But I think whatever you believe in, the Enneagram can help. It helped me remember like, oh yeah, this is who Christina is, not who anxious Christina is or panicked Christina is or uh, so on and so on. 
I love it. I'm, I've been doing a ton of therapy right now with someone who specializes in self and the idea of reconnecting with self, not the helpers or clouds, as I call them, that might come in and try and block out the uh, realization or, or recognition that myself exists. Uh, such a good thing. And I do think the Enneagram helps to do that as well. Uh, you wrote a book. We talked about it at the top. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the process of writing the book. How'd you get inspired to write it? Did you think yourself an author? Did you just start putting words on paper? What was the process like for you? Yeah. So I have, I cognitively had the thought, I'm, I want to be an author when I was six years old. It has been like the utmost desire of my heart since that day (laughs) to be an author, but it was something that I wasn't expecting to pursue now in any capacity. In my mind, for some reason, I was like, oh, you have to be like 30 and have tons of life experience. And like, what am I going to write about now? I'm 22. Like, I just didn't see myself getting there at any point. But I was approached actually with the idea for the book to be paired with illustrations and they wanted my, the the publishers wanted my take on what the Enneagram could look like in the context of self-care. And so I just, they let me run with that idea and I started coming up with these outlines and kind of also talking with the people who follow my Instagram page and just kind of seeing where their minds and hearts were at with it too. And then when I actually started writing the book, it just kind of became what my ultimate desire for what I was writing is for people to understand that self-care, even within your Enneagram type, isn't just, um, I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to do a face mask or I'm going to do this. It You have to deal with the stuff that's going on inside of you. And sometimes you can do that within the context of taking walks and taking baths, but there's so much more internally that's going on that actually taking care of that part of yourself, like the deepest parts of your heart, mind, and soul, whether that comes naturally to you or not, that's ultimately how, like the best way to take care of yourself, in my opinion, is getting to those internal things that are going on inside of you. And so that's kind of how the process started and what the book turned into. And with it paired some illustrations that I had done or that people had seen on my Instagram page. So kind of trying to combine this really cutesy idea of self-care with like, I hope to also make people cry a little bit when they read the book. (laughs) Now that's great. Can I ask, as someone who is as familiar as you are with the Enneagram, I found myself doing this, not that I am uh, an expert by any stretch, do you find yourself resisting the temptation to type people before they have actually taken a test? Yes, it's, it's so hard. It's so funny because even friends that I talk to about the Enneagram, they're like, I know that every time they say like, I think this person is this type, they're like, I know I'm not supposed to type people. I know I'm not, can you, or all people will ask me like, when you meet somebody, can you automatically tell like what their type is? And I think it's definitely a temptation. I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't do it in my mind to myself. I try not to say anything out loud, but yeah, it's definitely, It's definitely hard for sure. (laughs) Well, it's interesting as a father of 
children. Mm. I'm, I know that their personalities will continue to change, but man, there's already, from my perspective, a solid sense of who each of these kids are. They're so individually different. And when it comes to their Enneagram or their love language or a whole, a whole host of other things that might uh, be indicative of who they are and how they need to be individually parented by me, there is a part of me that wants to say, take this test. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't want in any ways to, especially when they're as young as they are, 13, 12, 8, and 3. Uh, but at least for the older three, it's like, you know what, I'm going to let you <laughs> develop a little bit more into your own person. I would hate for there to be some kind of confirmation bias that in some ways makes you believe that this is who you have to be or how you have to show up. But it is interesting. If nothing else, my self-diagnosis that I have kept to myself informs a little of how I try to show up individually for each of them as just a little bit of a different kind of dad, given what I think about them. Um, I hope that doesn't actually end up throwing them off. Guess what? They're going to need therapy no matter what I do. It doesn't actually matter, but (laughs) it is an interesting thing. So it's one thing to know your strengths and weaknesses and healthy and unhealthy aspects of your type. It's another thing to actually implement those things or stay connected to and true to them every single day. What is the best way that someone can actually apply what they learn to the Enneagram in their own life? This is the hardest question that you could possibly get. No, it's okay. I'm. It's exciting that you're asking this because I personally think that that question is what's kind of missing in now this whole westernized Enneagram space we're in. And honestly, that's another reason why I wrote the book, not to like plug my own book again, but in what I wrote, there are 15 to 20 practical ways that you can implement actually growing from what you learn about the Enneagram. And my, the whole goal with it is even though I think knowing your Enneagram is super important and I stand by like everything that I've said so far in this podcast, it's more, I want you to go through this book, learn tools to grow and be able to put the Enneagram away and just take up these practices for growth. Because I do think that's missing. There are a lot of amazing creators who put out resources that kind of help you grow with your type. But honestly, I don't think the map for how to do that is super clear. And that's kind of where I hope my book will fit in. Because it's also like even creating a Instagram post or Facebook post that could touch on here's your Enneagram type and here's how you can practically be better every day because of it. I just think that it can get lost in the noise. But I would say to answer your question, (laughs) your actual question, I think that you can also intuitively know what you need to do at the same time. Because I feel like once, for me, once I discovered, okay, this is what I'm motivated by, most likely as a person, I started to catch myself. Even just having that self-awareness, I started to catch myself in conversations or in things that I was doing and it for me I'm not a naturally like self-reflective person and for me the I think for anybody the best way you can use the enneagram to like grow every day is to just allow yourself to continually self-reflect and be self-aware like allow that self-awareness that you just discovered to 
actually infiltrate your life. Like when you feel that twinge in a conversation of like, oh, okay, I see how that showed up here. And like, it's, it's more of a journey. Like it's not something where here are five steps of what you can do and then you'll get to A, B, C, whatever. But I think, again, I don't necessarily think you have to be involved with the Enneagram your whole life, but the self-awareness that comes from the Enneagram, I think can benefit your whole life and your growth every day for sure. I hope that answered the question, right? Like you said, it was hard. It's a little hard to put down into simple terms because I do think it is relatively complex. No, I mean, I ask in part because I have a healthy understanding of what my type is, of what my strengths and my weaknesses are, what my motivations and fears are. And yet there are still days when knowing that, having that self-awareness and having that translate into something actual, practical, you know, that there, there's still days where it's hard to connect those dots. And so I'm as much in the market for some good resources to try and actually take knowledge and turn it into practice and I think that's what most people need. Like th these tests are, frankly, they're good, but mm -hmm. only good if you actually take some of what you end up getting out of the knowledge and finding ways for application in your life in a way that makes you live more fully into who you are in your everyday existence. If someone has not previously ever taken an Enneagram test, where do you tend to send them? My ideal scenario would, and what I always tell people to do, I always include this other test at the end of it, but my ideal suggestion and scenario would be if someone went to the website, enneagraminstitute.com, they went under learn and they just read through every single type, took the time to do it, and whichever one starts to bring up stuff inside of you as you read it, that's most likely your type. You should be, you should feel heard, but also a little insulted. But if someone really just wants to take the test, I usually, I, there's one that this website, I think it's called Eclectic Energies or something. They do one that I like. Your Enneagram coach has a great test and that one's more faith-based as well. Anyone can take it, but I would say if like you're uncomfortable going to a website called Eclectic Energies, you can go to the Your Enneagram Coach one. And I've had a lot of people get super accurate results from that one. So yeah, I've taken the one on the, the Enneagram Institute site. It's 12 bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that there's there, it's about a 40, 45 minute kind of test. And I've taken it a few times just to see this thing right? Is this thing on? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been pretty consistent. So that's an option too. Yeah. All right. Let's close out by asking this question that I like to ask everybody at the end of our show. If you could take a single idea, a single question, a single actionable piece of advice and give it to our listeners today that would change the way that they felt peace, that they feel armed to have a great day, what would that single question, idea, or actionable piece of advice be? Wow. Tough question. <laughs> Honestly, two things immediately came to my mind. First would be to go afraid. That's some of the best advice I've ever received as a person. Go afraid into whatever it is you're feeling called to do. Go afraid into that conversation you really don't want to have. You, I feel like I, I tend to have this idea that if I'm afraid, 
I can't do this certain thing because I need to not be afraid. I have to be brave. I have to be this. I have to be whatever. And just the idea that you can actually just go afraid. <laughs> you can go trembling. You can go scared. And I think the other would be just assume less and love more. I don't think there's necessarily an explanation for that. It's just, I think it's so important right now with everything going on in the world, in our country, just 2020 as in a year as a whole, like just assuming less and loving more, especially as believers. Yeah, that's that would that's be good. my piece of advice. <laughs> that's good. I love it. All right, Christina, I'm so grateful for you being here today. Thank you so much. If people are interested in learning more about you, following you on social, whatever it might be, what in the world can they do to find you in the interweb world? For sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited and grateful and nervous to be here today. So I, I am just really excited about this conversation with you. You can find me on Instagram at Christina S. Wilcox. My website is ChristinaSWilcox.com. My YouTube is Christina S. Wilcox. I'm not crazy active on YouTube, but I'm trying to be. I also have a Twitch account <laughs> called Christina S. Wilcox and I stream on there sometimes and we talk about the Enneagram and play Animal Crossing just for fun. But yeah, that's where everybody can find me. That's awesome. We will throw those links into the show notes. Thank you, Christina, for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you found value in this, and how could you not have, it's Christina Wilcox. Thank you for being here. Uh, please take a picture of this episode. Put both our handles onto the device that you are currently listening to it on and share it with every single person you've ever met in your entire life. Check out Christina's- Every person. Every person. Check out Christina's new book. It's called <laughs> Take Care of Your Type uh, and follow her on Instagram. Between now and then, do it scared and- be decent and kind to each other. We will see you next week on another episode of the Rise Together podcast. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.